0: Back. As Liberty weeps Our forefathers spin in their graves Pray God will bless Some way out of this mess We must take the miracle back Lord knows they'll try To silence our voices Pretend to be patriots fighting for fairness for all, but they're not even fit to hold office. What they believe doesn't fit with freedom at
1: all. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) This is the National Intel Report. I'm your host, John Statmiller, with you on this Monday, uh, 20th of July, 2020, and the reason why I'm laughing is, um, Mike, you you need to check that board, because that weekend board operator comes in here, and he just presses all them buttons and switches, and you spend 10 minutes trying to figure that stuff out. Do we have Mr. Elkins with us? No, we don't. Wait a minute. Did I just hear something? other people are on there we'll throw other people off of there <laughs> jeez oh pete ah uh, okay how long can we tread water <laughs> at any rate yeah there it is mm-hmm. now the jeopardy thing but not, uh, yeah at any rate Do you have him now? Well, reconnect. Call him. All right. You didn't Well, folks. I had to do my dead cat bounce. What do I mean by that? Well... Like everybody out there, we each have our point that we reach that it's hair pulling time. And and the good thing the good thing about this is that you know, as they say, it's not the fall that kills you, it's the sudden stop. Well, this has been mounting and building and for months and months in me, I just... <sighs> and I started to recognize and realize what, you know, because I'm always the one, you know, what are you afraid of? Yeah, don't be fearful. Fear is just one of their tools. There's nothing to fear but fear itself. Yeah. Well, they're doing a masterful job at that. Well. Okay, you got it now? Okay, great. All right, what I want you to do is coat that entire board with a heavy shellac so no buttons can be pushed, right. <laughs> At any rate. Um, and it's affecting, I think, uh, a lot of people, and it's showing up in different ways. Uh, ergo, I give you last Friday's uh, Michael Rivera program, second hour. Uh, I didn't anticipate it, didn't hear the whole thing. And, um, well, Mr. Lacavera said that he would sit in today, and Tom is... Uh, you know these time changes—they they're, they're just a killer. <laughs> he came in an hour late, but at any rate, uh, have, Mike Rivera will be live on air tomorrow, folks. Okay, but it—I made a few phone calls yesterday and talked to some good friends, and um, folks, it just—it just got the best of me. And I've always said it doesn't matter if you fall; it's picking yourself back up. So I fell from a great distance, did my dead cat bounce, back up I am, and here I am. And it was kind of disturbing because I'd never experienced that before. I never have in 30 years of doing this. Because, well, this is a psychological operation we're dealing with. This is a psyop on the psyche of America. And people are doing some really strange things. Isn't that right, Mr. Elkins?
2: Oh, gosh, that's an understatement, John. <laughs> and it seems day by day it's getting worse and worse, and I think you and I are in the same boat. We've uh, Our tolerance has been... Uh, <clears throat> well, we've been pushed over the edge a couple times, and uh, we have to kind of pull back a little bit. Um, or we might say some things we shouldn't say on air. Do you think might that might happen? I... It could, it could possibly happen, but I, I, I do watch myself. We probably do need that little six second delay sometimes, um, but I am really watching what I say to make sure I don't go over the edge as some have in the past. Um, but uh, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm angry um, every day. I go out, and, and today is a whole bunch of new cl- uh, mandatory mandates. I could talk about uh, everything in my area is now going mask, mask, mask. Mm-hmm. And I, I know I'm just going to bump into the wrong people and the manager, and I'm sure there's going to be an altercation. So I'm warning you right now, John, um, in my listening audience for Sunday, uh, if oh, no. I decide oh, no. to challenge this, if I decide to challenge this this week, I may not be there for Sunday and I may not be there for Monday. Just to let you know now. What, well, do you, you
1: think you're going to be retained?
2: I, I think uh, they'll try to uh, set an example and uh, – Detained a few people to set an example, to tell the other sheep to follow orders and not question. And I can't help it, John. Uh, you and I are the same kind of people. We, we question what doesn't make what doesn't make sense, what doesn't pass the smell test, which does not meet logic. Logic. I, I love that. It was one of my favorite classes in college. And if it doesn't make logic, then it's a fallacy. And I'm going to call it out, and uh, so I'm. We'll see. I'll cross my fingers. Well, we'll there,
1: Steve, there are people that I, I mean, it, it. I don't know if it's, it's some kind of uh, osmotic uh, Tourette syndrome or something. I I don't know, but <laughs> Tourette, there you go. it's. Uh, I I at times have. I have to bite my tongue.
2: No.
1: And uh, but I think this is affecting people in ways that they do not expect. Uh, Case in point, I sent you over the story. It's posted on republicbroadcasting.org. And by the way, folks, you know, if you go to republicbroadcasting.org, the feds are not going to be on your front door tomorrow. Uh, The needle people won't be there. Okay, use this as a resource to send on the stories that we handpick I mean, I've seen people do news and, oh, that looks like it might fit. I mean, they just go down the laundry list and they'll post anything. I go through this stuff with great pains to look at its content and trying to keep focus on what is important. And, uh, Steve, the video that I'd sent over to you, uh, here's a guy that was in Wally World, Walmart. And evidently this was his father, in a wheelchair, and they had the security video. The cops were called. The guy was not detained at the store, but there was a little bit of an altercation, and it was explained by eyewitnesses that this guy was not wearing a mask. Uh, His father or whoever was wheelchair-bound had some sort of scarf that they kind of haphazardly pulled up over their face, Uh, but this guy, he wasn't having any of it. And he was called out by this man, not a small man, he's a fairly large man, and with a daughter, looked like she was about four years old, five years old, in tow. And evidently there was an exchange that took place, and the guy, the unmasked one, flipped him off, there was further um, conversation, and then all of a sudden a gun was pulled. Now, nobody got shot, the guy left the store, and the police are looking for him. Now, folks, I understand this frustration. I, I, I was not kidding you, Steve, when I said I went to Batteries Plus and I just was so angry, so over the top, fed up with this crap, that I almost po- pulled the Pillsbury Doughboy over the counter. I I, yeah. I had lost it. And here's the thing. It was like hanging on a five-story bar- uh, building on a railing and feeling your grip slipping. And knowing what the inevitability of this is, you know, a, 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 a drop, and, and it's not it's not the travel and the drop that hurts you, it's a sudden stop. Well, I did that, and then I did a dead cat bounce, and I'm back up, and I'm vertical, and everything is put back together at least as right as it can be. I get this. Now, Steve, I, I mentioned this before, and and I, d- I just want to point this out so people have an understanding as to why things are going gonzo, and things that people are doing that you would never expect, this is affecting them in different ways, and their frustration and anger is being expressed in different ways.
2: I, I couldn't agree more. You know, my, my wife came home today, and I, <clears throat> you know, I'm off of work with the kidney stone thing, and I'm going to get back in shape and get back out there, but she comes home, and I try to make pleasant talk, and I said uh, oh, to her, John, I said, no, how was your day? Uh-oh, here it go. And she, uh, she gave me that look, and she said <laughs> it was all right. And I said, uh-oh. any interesting stories you would like to share? Mm. And she said, uh, more nonsense and uh, more of the same. And uh, I think what's making her upset now, because she's a very smart lady. She, she knows what's going on. She knows the scandemic, plandemic, She knows all that I know. I've taught her well. And she's done her own research. It's that knowing the truth, John, and being forced to comply is what's pushing people over the edge. They're saying this is nonsense. This doesn't meet science. First of all, it's pseudoscience. And, of course, uh, they're scrubbing everything they can on the net there for you to get information That might uh, be opposite of what they're telling you. So, in other words, the government and the CDC are telling you, we are the experts. There's no reason to listen to anybody else or talk to anybody else. We are the experts, and they're scrubbing the information as fast as they can get it out. there. They're they're getting rid of it, which is a red flag, by the way, people. It's a red Mm -hmm. flag saying you're being lied to. Mm -hmm. If they don't want you to search or research outside of what they're saying, it is a scam. That's a red flag. They're lying to you.
1: Well, and we're all united in this. We'll all defeat it together to the point that uh, the news programs will not bring on any dissenting views as to what the CDC is saying or the World Health Organization or any of this other crap that they're pulling. And there, there is no opposing view or that there's nothing. There's this narrative... That tells you that Fox News is down the tubes. Uh, they got still got a couple of programs there, of of which I'm going to play a clip. I never thought I'd be doing this, Steve. This almost sounds like a joke. Two jewels on the Internet, and one said to the other. (laughs) It's it's, uh, Mark Levin and Ben Shapiro, which host his own show, The Shapiro Show. Now... I've watched Ben Shapiro now for, oh, I don't know, three, four years. Um, He's a smart guy. He can talk a blue streak without taking a breath. He doesn't go, mm, er, he's never lost for words. He's a very smooth individual. But I watched this, and it was actually broadcast on Fox yesterday. And I watched Levin and Shapiro in this exchange. And Levin brought him on, uh, I guess Shapiro has a book. How to destroy America in three easy steps. Right. But what they talk about is something that I have not seen talked about on any classified as mainstream media. That's correct. And that's the cancel culture that we're seeing right now. Now that I've talked about it, let me play this clip for you, folks. It's only 11 minutes long, but it's the best synopsis that I've heard of what they're doing culturally what is really behind this. And it's really enlightening. So you know it's got to be good. If I'm playing a clip of two Jews on Fox News. <laughs> I, I just love Jews. Orange juice, grape juice, all that juice. At any rate. Ben Shapiro,
3: host of The Ben Shapiro Show, author of a magnificent new book. It's not just a new book, it's so on target with what's happening in this country today. How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps. Ben, how are you, sir? you
4: hanging in there. How are you?
3: Well, I'm kind of hanging in there, doing the best we can right now. Ben, your book is right on topic. You break it down really into three areas, and that is the American philosophy, the American culture, and American history. And then you address each one, how each are being undermined and eviscerated, as a matter of fact. What you see going on in this country today, what you've seen going on, the looting, the arson, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, the Democrat Party pretty much embracing this, embracing the Bernie Sanders agenda, a media that is utterly corrupt and gives voice to this and is really, in so many respects, a propaganda machine, you kind of saw this coming, didn't you? Isn't that the point of the book?
4: Yeah, it it really is, and when I wrote the book back in December or January, I figured that it would be relevant before the election, then COVID happened, I thought, okay, it'll be irrelevant before the election, and then the last eight weeks have happened, the the sort of breakdown, the mental breakdown of the country, and I realized just how relevant the book was. I mean, the, the fact is that what we have seen over the last several weeks is the full flowering of an ideology of disintegrationism that has been running roughshod through our universities, through our media, through our major cultural institutions for years, and it just sort of broke out into the open over the last couple of months, There are really two conflicting visions of America that have been at war for, for quite a while. One is a vision of America that sees American history as a story of America's beautiful and wonderful and eternally true founding ideals, and Americans striving to live up to that, failing, stumbling, falling, but eventually succeeding. An America that is founded on, on basic notions in the Declaration of Independence that bring about unprecedented prosperity and freedom for not just millions of people in America, but billions of people over time and around the world. An American philosophy that is beautiful in its essence, that that is all about freedom and liberty and a culture that really values rights and in which all of our debates take place on this moral basis that rights pre-exist government. That was the original vision of America. That's what I call the unionist vision of America, that which holds us together. And any country that holds together has to share a history. They have to share a culture. They have to share a philosophy. And then there's a second strain, and this is the strain that is virulently running through our politics right now, Australia called disintegrationism, the idea that really America has never had any ties that bind us. American history is a story of one group clubbing another group over the head. America's philosophy is really just sort of a, a pasteboard mask, and that really what it's covering up for is hierarchies of brutal power dynamics, and that our culture of rights is really a lie, and those rights ought to be thrown out in favor of, a, of an orthodoxy that rules from above and tells you how you ought to think. And you can see all of this coming to fruition in everything from the riots and the looting to the 1619 project. I really didn't think it was all going to burst out into the open like an overripe cantaloupe here, but that's exactly what's happened.
3: And why do you think it has burst into the open so suddenly? Uh, Is it uh, organizations that were kind of poised to leap Uh, should the occasion arise? Or uh, what what do you think the reason is for that?
4: I think a lot of it does have to do with the fact that President Trump exists. I think that he provides a, a point of commonality in which no matter how radically left you go, you're going to find allies in the kind of old Falling apart, liberal school who will side with you just to get rid of Trump. I think what what the real story of what's happening here is not even right versus left; it's radical left versus everybody else. And you see this in the Harper's Weekly letter that was recently published with 153 kind of center left academics saying, "Guys, you're going too far here. This cancel culture stuff is really ugly." You're seeing a battle that's breaking out inside the Democratic Party between Nancy Pelosi, who's now quote unquote moderate, who's you know radically left, and people like Ilhan Omar. And you're seeing who's winning that battle, and that movement has been. Moving along for for quite a while, there was this kind of old idea, I think, from the the quote-unquote moderate liberals that all of the passion they saw on college campuses, the censorious, ideologically fascistic, top-down stuff you were seeing on college campuses, the microaggressions, the cancel culture, all that would go away once these good-hearted but overzealous leftists kind of reached the halls of power. It turns out that they were there, and when they entered the halls of power, they just decided to uproot all the systems and take it over. I mean, this, this is the French Revolution in real time without the actual physical guillotines.
3: Now you say that the the president sort of has uh, focused the attention of the radical left and so many of these movements, and uh, he's so deeply hated. You know, I think about this, and I think to myself, he's so deeply hated. He was deeply hated the moment he announced that he was going to run for president before he did a single thing. And then he defeats Hillary Clinton. Aren't they furious because they thought they were going to get a third term of Obama and they'd be well on their way to this counter-revolution? And isn't that, at least in part, while well, since day one, they've sought to undermine his candidacy. You've got all this Russia collusion stuff. You have you have a failed impeachment effort. You have criminal investigations. They come up empty, 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 and they're still at it because he stands in their way, no?
4: Now, that's exactly right. I mean, what people on the left fail to recognize, the reason so many people on the right support Trump isn't because of his various foibles. It's because they see Trump as literally the only dam that is holding back the encroaching tide. And I, I think that, you know, they understand that too, actually, on, on a deeper level. I think that the, the kind of Obama left felt that they were never gonna lose again, that there was a new coalition that had been forged. It was a coalition of the quote unquote, dispossessed who are going to mobilize against America's systems of oppression. And then Trump kind of steps in and he beats Hillary Clinton, who was designated the successor. And suddenly they realize that, wait a second, maybe we don't have the overwhelming majority we thought we did. And they've reacted with viciousness. They've reacted with with uh, with cruelty, with with malice. You know, the the fact that President Trump campaigned on the basic idea of make America great again and the counter from the left was not that President Trump wasn't capable of making America great again. or anything. Their, their counter was actually America was never great. That was the divide in essence. And that was happening back in 2016. It's just that nobody really recognized, I think, even on the on the traditionally liberal left, recognized that when they said, America was never great. That was going to become the mainstream slogan of the Democratic Party, that America was never great. Not only that, America does not have the capacity to be great because America's systems are inherently shot through with evil. Right? America wasn't founded in 1776. It was founded in 1619, as the Pulitzer Prize winner Nicole Hannah-Jones has said.
3: The book is How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps. I want to ask you a question about this, uh, Ben Shapiro. Do you think we've reached a point where a majority of Americans are open to the ideas that you're hearing from AOC and Bernie Sanders and so forth? Or do you just think it's a very loud, well-organized, and in some cases, very violent
4: minority? So I I think it's some of both. I think that there is this very well-organized, very loud minority, but they are given a loudspeaker and a bullhorn by the people in the mainstream media. The editors of the New York Times are obviously working for the radicals in the staff at the New York Times, right? Pinch Stolzberger doesn't run the New York Times. Nicole Hannah-Jones runs the New York Times at this point. When, when you look at Hollywood, it is obviously run by people who are open to this sort of viewpoint. I mean, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when they were making Goodwill Hunting, they're quoting Howard Zinn in the picture. So it, there's always been this sort of steady encroachment. I think that the real story of the last year or so in American politics is the number of people who have been cowed into silence. This is why the cancel culture we're seeing, and I talk about it in the book, is why the cancel culture has become so dangerous. Cancellation isn't about them coming after you, Mark, which they have, or me. It's about them coming after people who don't have the capacity to defend themselves, right? You have a platform. I have a platform. I can refuse to be canceled. But there are tens of millions of Americans who cannot refuse to be canceled, who live in fear of being canceled for simply expressing something as simple as, yeah, I voted for Trump, or I'm considering the possibility of voting for for President Trump. That is a cancelable offense in left world. And if you are working at a corporation, you may find yourself on the bread lines in one of the worst economic downturns in American history simply for expressing a a viewpoint. That's what the cancel culture is, is all about. And so I think a lot of people have been cowed into silence. They've been cowed into silence by being called racist for doing nothing racist. The left has openly and obviously redefined the term racist to mean you are... Part of the American system. I mean, they, they will say this openly. Robin D'Angelo's white fragility nonsense is all about this. The idea that you can only be anti racist if you fight the American system. They're perfectly open about the fact they want to disintegrate all the ties that bound us together. They say the ties never existed and that they shouldn't exist. That's dangerous. This is a recipe for the country absolutely falling apart. I think, frankly, that the choice that many in the disintegrationist left want to put to Americans is either the left completely dominates and we stay together or it falls apart. And there's no third way where we have checks and balances that the founders thought were useful and we have limited government with enumerated powers. All that stuff has to go out the window because we have a, a caste, an orthodoxy, a priesthood, and they know what is right, they know what is true, and they know that you and the system are racist and they will cram it down on you with any means at their disposal, cultural or governmental. Well,
3: following up on that point, because that's, that's so true, but it raises another question to me. How do conservatives or anti this sort of American-style Marxism, how do we respond? You know, we can keep talking about limited government and federalism and so forth, but so many of the firewalls have been breached. They've been breached by the courts, they've been breached by the bureaucracy, they've been breached by the media, by academia, this force out there, this statism. Um, do we, the people who love this country, revere its founding, embrace it, do we need to come up with new ways to battle these people? I suppose we do, don't we?
4: Hey, I don't think there's any question about it. I think that the great flaw of the political right is that we seeded the culture and we focused in on the politics. So the right is actually very good at winning elections. Right? We've had several Republican presidents in my lifetime. We've dominated Congress from 1994 to 2006, and then again from 2010 to 2018. And it didn't matter. I mean, the left continued to shift the, the very nature of the deck. It's not about winning elections. It's about winning the culture. And the right did not engage in the education system. They sort of let it go. They, we, we didn't engage in culture making in Hollywood. We just kind of let it go. We, we, we set up alternative media structures outside the mainstream media, and that's been the most successful part of what the right has done. But now the, the left is trying in vengeful fashion to shut down all possibility of social media, even distributing those messages. So the right has to understand that this is indeed more a culture war than it is even a political war. It's why of the three elements I talk about, philosophy and history and culture, I think probably the most important is reinstilling a sense that we share a culture. I don't mean like we watch the same football games or we patronize the same stores. What I really mean is that we have to be having the same moral conversation about rights. And that's where I think that Americans can still be heard. I think that even the movements from the left that have been most wildly successful have been couched many times dishonestly in terms of rights. But I think that the the political right in this country does have a near monopoly on the traditional vision of what rights constitute, I think that's still a great vision and still an appealing one.
2: Uh Hmm.
4: (laughs) Uh-huh. Kind of surprising,
2: isn't it? Kind of surprising.
1: It is surprising. Uh, And and as the listeners to this program, particularly my program, know, a couple, three, four years ago, Mark Levin came out with his book touting, you know, we need more amendments to the Constitution, which to me was almost laughable because they weren't paying attention to the first ten. And and it seems, you know, this idea that limited government, how in the hell do you have limited government? Folks, you, you, you got a smartphone? Uh, you got Alexi a or whatever? Ask it the question, uh, how many of the federal government How many agencies are there? Well, I did that today, and I only got the C. There are hundreds and thousands of agencies, and these are not constitutional, folks. And again, I need to repeat this and keep repeating it. Uh, There was bankruptcy declared uh, during Franklin Delano Roosevelt's administration. And it's always touted and looked back in retrospect as, oh, well, you know, the, the Supreme Court canceled a lot of his executive orders. Well, it didn't cancel the fact that we declared bankruptcy. The Congress was the holder of this bankruptcy in due course. And then we had a major flip where we just started creating governmental agencies. They've talked about uh, the government and how the government uh, needs to uh, be more frugal well, no, the federal government needs to get the hell out of the things that they were never supposed to be there in the first place. How do you control tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of little busy bees working for their paycheck in the federal agencies and, you know, in, enforcing or making people's lives miserable with this statute or this, that, or the other? It, it's nigh impossible. And and I, and I didn't appreciate the fact that they kind of danced around that one because, this is where a lot of the problems came from. And also, Steve, one of my favorites that I've been talking about for 30 years, the banks. Yeah. The banking system and what they essentially did, folks. This is all you need to really know about the funny money system. They printed the funny money stuff to buy real assets and left us holding the bag for the debt for their purchases. And then some. I, Steve. Steve. I, I'm just...
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, government is bloated. It is obese. Uh, it's growing like a cancerous tumor year after year. Uh, more agencies, uh, more hands in the till, zero accountability, and always going back to the deep pockets of the taxpayers as if we just have so much extra surplus money we don't really need, and uh, they'll just take it and uh, and continue to grow and grow and grow. Um, I, I'm tired of it. Yeah. Uh, you well, know, I, I don't know who said it, but... Smaller government is more efficient government, no doubt about it. Well, it's certainly less intrusive and a hell of a lot cheaper, that's for sure. But
1: again, this is the new democracy. This is the new way of things. And get used to it because it's not going anywhere. When we get back, I want to talk about Cisco for a few minutes.
5: You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. TalkRight, the conservative app offered by TalkStream Live that caters exclusively to the conservative talk radio community. Here you'll see only talk shows and podcasts from the conservative right, all the big broadcast names and online digital shows in one place. TalkRight makes it easy to find all your favorite conservative talkers with all the upscale features you come to expect from TalkStream Live. Keep up with the fast-paced political world. Download TalkRight today from Google Play or the App Store.
0: Broadcasting Network late night premiere show The Red Pill Hardcore is hosted by Activists that want to hear from you The listeners, so that you can get involved In the activism, please call in at 800-313-9443 At 10pm To enter the discussion To book yourself as a guest Call our studio at 202-657-5715 Or contact RBN staff Remember, keep it real And take the Red Pill
5: You're tuned in to the National Intel Report, the real talk radio show.
1: It was nice that Ben Shapiro mentioned the alternative media. Thank you very much. But he didn't mention us by name. Uh, But what he was talking about, is this cancer that has invaded America. The culture canceling. Now, he mentioned about people getting fired because they're, Points of view. Well, I'll give you a classic case here. Uh, This came to us by way of raw conservative opinions. Cisco fires employees that question Black Lives Matter during a company wide racism discussion. (laughs) Folks, you can't make this kind of stuff up. In early June, dutifully doing its part to virtual signal along with the rest of the world, Cisco Systems hosted an all hands on deck meeting on race. Hosted via video conference, in the comments on the online forum visible to everybody, some workers questioned the Black Lives Matter movement and were subsequently fired from their jobs, proving once again that you can have an opinion as long as it's the right opinion. Chief Executive Officer Chuck Robbins talked with Ford Foundation President Darren Walker. Uh there's a fl- there's a flag right there, Ford Foundation. Uh, President Darren Walker, who is black, and Brian Stevenson, a black lawyer and author who founded the Equal Justice Initiative during the company's June 1st meeting in front of 30,000 employees, according to Bloomberg. Now, several people spoke out online against Black Lives Matter during these online forums. For example, and this is how egregious this was, one employee wrote, Black lives don't matter, all lives matter while another wrote that BLM re- reinforces racism. A third employee commented people who complain about racism probably have been a racist somewhere else to people from another race or part of a systematic oppression in their own community. Now, Cisco says it fired a handful of workers for inappropriate conduct because it won't tolerate racism. It also apparently won't tolerate its employees' opinions either. Now, this incident at Cisco, and uh, read it this way, people expressing well-reasoned opinions, had been a microcosm of similar situations at other Silicon Valley companies who are left to try and figure out how to posture to the public. They're concerned about racism while at the same time not laying, out their enti- uh, laying off their entire staffs. Some believe that protest at companies could be next if employees aren't trained to think the right way. Kristen Clark, the president and executive director of the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights, under law, said employees should be striving for zero tolerance when it comes to racism and discrimination, period. The protests we've seen in the streets have become part of our new normal and will eventually make their way inside workplaces if employers fail to meet the moment. I hope you heard what I just said. Cisco said that ultimately 237 comments of the 14, or I'm sorry, the 10,400 made during the video conference objected to what was being presented, while the majority of comments praised management. of course they will. Little butt kissers.
2: Butt smoochers. That's right.
1: On the video call, Cisco's CEO was announcing a $5 million donation to groups combating racism. Now, Francis Katsuda's Cisco's executive vice president and chief people officer, I don't know what the hell that is, but a people officer, said, I just felt sad to see it. I felt a ton of empathy. I knew that for the African-American and black employees that were in the meeting, it was heartbreaking to see that. She then tried to backtrack and justify the firings because they weren't considered legitimate debate. You have a framework where red absolutely is crossing the line. But if someone has a question and they don't understand something, there's a way for them to ask that question. We went through and just placed things on that spectrum. The remarks were apparently so offensive they were seared in the minds of some black employees, according to Bloomberg. One employee commented, wow, and these people work at Cisco? If they're bold enough to say these things at work for all to see, imagine what's said behind closed doors. Yeah, it could be. Differing opinions. Now, we still have the work, uh, work to do as a nation. I pray my daughters have a better world to live in soon. Another employee said, Meanwhile, we pray our children have a world where their First Amendment right hasn't completely disintegrated over the next few years. But with the direction things are moving, it doesn't look promising. People are getting fired. Steve, you remember how many years ago, well, it's been two and a half years now, I was deplatformed from Chase Bank. Why? Well, because I was part of the radical right. And Chase Bank was systematically going through the members of their banks and just dumping them. This has been going on for a very, very long time. Now, in this culture canceling, everything is racism. Everything. You question anything, you're considered to be a racist. And these companies, Steve... These companies, like the NFL, like anybody else, is going head over heels to try to placate rather than speaking truths. Where we do on this network, folks, doesn't matter to me what color a man's skin is. I don't care where he came from. I don't care what his upbringing is. I care about what that person represents. I I care that people, you know, the... I've yet to hear the question asked on mainstream. You know, if, if black lives matter, why don't they start acting like it matters rather than killing each other? Yeah. You know, and it doesn't sure. matter, Steve, what, what what facts you bring up. It doesn't matter what you put on the table that's absolutely irrefutable, solid as a rock. It doesn't matter because this is not about racism. It's about canceling our form of government, and there's nothing that's going to ever placate these people, ever.
2: You can't debate these people at no. all. Yeah, that's a great that's a great uh, position to say um, to these people. If Black Lives really matter, then what the heck are you doing in Chicago? You're killing each other. Well, I'm, I mean, they're they're the murder capital, you know, and uh, the whole state. Well, actually, Chicago, the city, is uh, is the murder capital, far far surpassing Washington D.C. now and Philly and other places like that, in in uh, parts of Detroit, uh, but nobody addresses that. You see well, that's factual, that's truth, and they can't answer to that, so they divert to that and and then point to you. Well, then you're challenging them. You you must be a racist, but they're yeah. they're killing their own people.
1: Well, I mean, I, you 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 mentioned D.C. You know, I was talking to you earlier today, mm-hmm. and you know, this whole big thing about the NFL and you know, oh gosh, the Washington Redskins. Now, if we remember, they had a basketball team that was called the Washington Bullets. Okay. Well, they're not the Bullets anymore. I forget what the hell they named them, but I'm not a big basketball fan. But now they're doing the very same thing with the Washington Redskins. But, Steve, who were the people that designed that logo for the Washington Redskins football organization and then got approval from their tribe? That's right it was the Indians themselves, but you will not hear this. This not is not hear. a relevant fact. This is not important. Nothing to see here. This is just blatant racism. And then what you saw, and right on the heels of this, Steve, it was happening in Michigan. Well, 20 schools up in Michigan have racist names, and they need to be changed.
2: That's right. We're On yeah, military w- bases. In
1: military oh, bases, yeah. too. We're, we're going to change names. Of, of of military base. This is canceling... And schools. And schools. And schools. Right. This is canceling our history. This is what these people right. want. And...
2: You know, John, I feel, if I can real quick, I wanted to, to mention something that I discovered, I told you today, that we talk about this cancel culture and then defining... They've, they've redefined the terms, of the criteria, what actually racism... They It doesn't meet true definition of racism, but they've redefined it by what they like in order to to point a finger at you. Just the other day, I was listening to some, some, some old-time radio, and uh, a song came on from Cher, who <laughs> I cannot stand, uh, a bleeding-heart liberal, uh, a libtard. Let's just call her that. That's what she is, a libtard. And uh, the song is called uh, Half-Breed. So I said to my wife at the time, I said, I wonder if I can go back and look online to see any of your concert footage if she's actually done that song in concert. I assume she had it was one of her hits. And is she dressed as a Native American? And is she Native American? Because people are, are, who dress up in costume for parties or whatever, college, they're digging back deep to find people that can say, you're a racist, you were dressed up as a Native American, you're a racist, or you were blackface or redface. So I, I went online, and by golly, on YouTube, I found the clip. There she is, dressed up as an Indian presence. So I said, well, okay, is she really a Native American, okay? Or is she just portraying one? And, of course, there's a double standard there. You can't do that, but she can do it because she's a liberal. So I I do a little homework. I look on Wikipedia, and I'm going to tell people right now, Wikipedia is garbage. do not believe it. It's written by a lot of people. It's scrubbed of this and that. It's additions. So I I do a little homework, and I find that uh, her father is Armenian. Her mother is uh, Dutch, German, British. And two others I can't recall, but not Native American. But somebody had gone to that web page for Wikipedia and had actually added, who had actually added that she was a Cherokee. That's when I did a little research on her mother and came back and said this page was had an addition to cover their rear ends because somebody's gonna come back and say, hey, wait a minute here, oh, she's Native American. Nobody's gonna challenge it. I challenged it, found out her mother is not Native American. She has no Native American blood in her at all, and she's a fraud. But you do the same, and they'll call you out. Uh, I just wanted to bring the attention to that. that uh, she's a fraud. She's not a Cherokee, nothing. No Indian blood, Armenian, and several others, but she's not Native American. But you can't do that. They scrubbed, they act, made that addition to the page, and didn't figure, weren't smart enough. That's what's funny about these deceivers. They're not smart enough to do a little extra work to implant and add addition to her mother's background and plug in there Cherokee there also. Now that I've said this, probably someone's going to go back and plug in Cherokee for her mother, but she's not.
1: Well, and right. and you got to understand about Wikipedia, you can alter anybody's post. Right. You know, I mean, it's not that you make a post on Wikipedia and that's your research or your opinion or whatever. It's not yours. Right. Uh, people can go in there and edit what you've put in there. And and it's it, it yeah it that's putting it mildly. I yeah, cannot wait for the Liberty Project to fire up here in a uh, the next several weeks. Andy in Texas, you've been holding on forever. Andy, hello. Well,
8: hey, John, it's nice to talk to you and Steve. You know what? Um, I, I really don't see. Um, a whole lot of change in this world that we got going on here, but I do see some change. Um, some of us have to go out there and do what we do, and I've done my thing, and I'll continue to do it, and I'm not going to post about it. I mean, I should say it. I probably should say what I've done, but I'm not, because people need to just be inclined to do what they need to do. They need to just go out there and do what needs to be done. It's, I mean, a lot of people feel guilty after they do what they do. And you know what? Maybe you should get drunk before you go <laughs> and say something. I mean, if you don't have the confidence. you what you got to do to get out there and say to people, this is not what's really going on. This is what's really going on. And, John, you've been spot on. And, Steve, you've been spot on, too. And I, yesterday when I was listening to Steve, uh, I mean, talking about what happened in the hospital and stuff and how he just stepped back from it and stuff. I'm really sorry that you ended up getting that test and stuff. But, you know, I mean, he has to do what he has to do. I mean, them stones and whatnot, that's nothing to play with. So I'm, I'm straight up with that. I don't want to get a test. And I don't want to wear a mask. And I haven't worn a mask. I wore a mask one time, and that's when I got my stimulus check. <laughs> and I had to go and the check-cashing place to get the money. Well, that's free money. What the hell? Let's mm. go get it. Yeah, well, hey, Jonathan, not,
1: not quite free. That carry it, it, it's 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 not only it's not only debt; it carries interest on top of that. So it ain't free. Yeah, but
8: guess what? guess what, John. You and me aren't going to be alive for the people that are going to pay for that. I mean that that debt is so high, we'll be dead before the next trillion dollars is paid off on it.
1: Well, and uh, yeah, but Andy, uh, keep keep something in mind. Uh, this was not a constitutional system for our economy. It is not money. It can be canceled. They've already they've already stolen enough real wealth from us, and I'd like to see how they would try to collect it if they were canceled and an honest money system was put in place. What are they going to do? Where are they going to go?
8: So so and and then the question is what can we do? Well what can we do is we have to have everybody's attention to do anything that's going to make any difference. If we don't have everybody's attention, if we don't have the mainstream media news, if we don't have these people telling us what, I mean, what you and I, I mean, if they're not telling us the truth and we know they're not simply because if they really wanted us to be safe and whatnot, they would tell us how to get out of this, but no, they're telling us how to go farther, deeper in it. And people need to realize that, the news is not your friend. The news is your worst enemy. And most people need to just discover that and move on.
1: Well, I, I think that I think know, I look I think they look, you've heard me say many, many times, Andy, that mm-hmm. people's perception then becomes their reality. So how does a person out there perceive things that they have not listened to alternative media? They've certainly not listened to this network, my show, Steve's show, it doesn't matter they have not listened to this network so they're basing their opinions and they're strategizing for tomorrow's inevitable coming based on what it's still hard for some people to believe that you can capture an entire media but this is exactly what has been done and it, it it's tough for people and you know and I, i'm telling you Andy, I've got some real empathy for people out there that are bouncing around like, I don't know, like a pinball on a pinball machine. They don't know where they're going. They don't know how fast. <laughs> they they don't know anything. And they're trying to grasp this, and, and it's all it's doing is just driving them nuts. I guess that's the best way to put I- it.
8: I have the same empathy. I actually do because I've been trying to wake people as as you have. I mean, you've got a you've got a uh, station or not a station uh, network that has been just broadcasting the truth forever and a day. I've been broadcasting through my mouth and stuff, and it's 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 not it's it's unforgiving. You're not going to get forgive for what you're saying. Sometimes you have to throw it down their throat, even when you're walking away, just to let them know. And you want to hope that these people were thinking about what you just said, and and they're probably not, but it doesn't really matter. The fact of the matter is that you gave your your heart to them, you told them what you knew, and that's the thing is that if we just keep giving it out, just keep delivering your message, no matter what it is, as long as it's on the point, it's on point, yeah. and, and we know where we're going, just, just keep delivering the message, and if we keep doing that, sooner or later, we're going
1: to put it Andy, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do exactly that with a little help from our friends out there and a few donations for the network. We're still intact. We're still here. We need to operate one more day.
5: Did you know that you can be tracked and traced when you're online? With identity theft and cybercrimes on the rise, your passwords, your identity, and even your physical location can be revealed to complete strangers. Would you like to surf the Internet anonymously and not have to worry about these threats? Well, now you can by visiting PatriotInternet.com. For about $2 per month, PatriotInternet.com will conceal your IP address and your physical location, allowing you to browse the web, send emails, and instant message anonymously. PatriotInternet.com will bypass
0: Extend your life
2: with ExtendoVite. really works. Here are some reviews from Amazon.com. Amazon customer, 5 out of 5 stars. I'm quite happy about it. This product has relieved what appears to be an angina problem, pain in the chest after climbing stairs, and short on breath. I'm quite happy about it. Dr. Sam Surreal, Good product and ingredients. Kept my blood pressure normal after mild heart attack in 2015. Switched to plant-based diet also to reverse atherosclerosis. John Bispico's. Five out of five stars. Built up my immune system. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's
5: 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com.
9: plus products at the best prices is a win-win situation. Check out our new store. Go to our website, republicbroadcasting.org and click on the online store located at the top of our website. Together, we can continue to grow RBN and help our listeners prepare for the future. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on our online store or call us. 800-724-2719,
1: extension 3. 800-724-2719, extension 3.
5: You're tuned in to the National Intel Report, the real talk radio show, only on the Republic Broadcasting Network.
1: You know, I was just thinking during the break, Steve, do you have the answer to this? How the hell have I been able to do this for thirty years?
2: That's a good question. <laughs>
1: I, I, I wish I could an come answer. up with an answer. Right?
2: I don't have an answer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, either. I don't
1: Tom, either. Tom in Florida. Hello, Tom. Uh
10: yeah. Good day, gents. Can you hear me? Oh yeah. Okay, uh first off, um, what is uh you know it's uh Portland, Seattle and Chicago having common, John?
1: Um uh, aside from Antifa and Black Lives Matter?
10: Yeah, well, B, yeah, you got it right on, John. Black Lives Matter. B is for burning. Uh, burning is uh, Portland. Seattle's looting. And Chicago's murder. So that's a new slogan of the Atlanta. It should be black burning, looting, murder. That's exactly what I think about the whole thing. Yeah, but, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I also want to say, John. What's going on? Uh, Steve, you should know about this. I was looking at the pandemic in 1918, the, the Spanish flu. And at that time, 620,000 Americans died because of that pandemic, which was a virus. The same thing that's going now. And all these people are freaking out. But um, if you look at the raw numbers, there was only 110 million people in the United States in 1917, John, 1918. There was only 110 million people. I did the research. And 600,000 died. So look at the how... That's triple of what's going. We only have one hundred thirty thousand dead right now. Yeah, I think it was three point two
2: million people worldwide died of that flu, also. And I think that was a little underestimated. I think it was right around six fifty, but I could be wrong. But you know, here's 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 the problem with that. Tom is that Americans don't know their history. See if they knew that they if they did if they knew their history they'd be questioning what's happening now. If this happened in nineteen eighteen and they didn't go through all this uh, hoop uh, hoop jumping. why are we doing it now? But see, they don't know their history.
10: Exactly, and that's the problem, he, uh, John, John uh, Steve. These kids don't even know how to write cursive in high school. None of these kids right. do cursive writing. They call it racism. That was when the racism really started. Now a Pillsbury Doughboy because you've got blue eyes is racist. You've got anachimimas racist. Everything's racist, racist, racist. The Texas Rangers are racist. I mean, the, the country's gone mad. It's it's overboard. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, Maria Bartiromo had a great documentary about the Chinese. Uh, they're literally trying, backing everything to crush this country. It is a the Chinese. They're behind this. the Russians, but they want to take down the white Caucasians. Of this, like I told you yesterday. Look what's I, I, going on. In
1: look, look, okay, Tom. I, I'm going to stop you there. I don't think this is a grand plan from, you know, Central Command of Communist China. I, I, I don't I, think. I, I, I don't think that it is.
10: Well. I, I would say, John, it, it's a mixture of of different uh, elements. But you know, what, you know, John, I got to ask you this: What's going to happen when they take the statue down to John Wayne on uh, John Wayne in Newport Beach, when he was married to a Mexican? He has two kids by a Mexican woman. He's a racist. John Wayne's a racist.
1: Well, the he, he racist? Uh, the the bar the bra burning crowd, the uh, uh, the liberated women. They didn't they they didn't like John Wayne. They didn't like his movies because he he played the strong man and a guy that didn't take any guff and you know he'd grab the women and just sweep them off their feet with a kiss, you know, only as John Wayne can do. You know, I mean, look. <laughs> You know, from these cockamamie people, you know, a couple of years ago, they were telling you that, you know, uh, we don't need, people don't need guns. You know, just the cops should have guns. Now they're trying to do away with the cops and let crime run rampant. This is what they want. They want the destruction of the social order of this country. And I don't think it's the Chinese, Tom, okay? I've heard people floating Russian stuff, too. No, I, I don't believe so. Is George Soros Chinese?
10: Yeah. Listen, John, I sent you a little I hope you got a couple of stickers I sent you
1: Okay, what? You, your your phone connection is lousy today What did you send me?
10: I sent you a few stickers, I don't know if you got them
1: I don't know that I did
10: From Liberty uh, stickers? I don't
1: know No, yeah. I, di- I didn't get them
10: No, You, you, <laughs> you might want to look because they, they should have been there, uh, I think on Friday
11: Alright, well, I'll keep checking Top of the hour break